0: We're streaking! Come on! Come on! We're running! Come on! Woo! Woo! We're streaky! We're streaky! Woo! Woo! Come on!
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is entitled Weekend.
2: Well, 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 ladies and gents, welcome to Entitled Weekend. We've got a, well, semi, well, I can't say semi, it's a full house here on Entitled Weekend. Why wouldn't it be? Because like you just heard, the Patriots are streaking, and it's a great feeling, isn't it? And we've got Dan, Bill, we've got the General Steve Reisner here, and we have the godfather of Entitled Town, Mike Irons himself is here as well. So, um, this is kind of like Lou Grant returning to WJM and <laughs> coming from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Um, but first, let's start with you, uh, Mike, since you're already here. And um, my gosh, uh, if 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 your uh, <laughs> if your thing hasn't had it hasn't grown five inches since from now since last night, then I'm sure it might. Uh, Twenty-five to nothing, Patriots dominate the Falcons. Uh, uh, of course, the win wasn't very impressive. But uh, what do you think about this game and just the way that these guys have been playing this for the, this last five-game winning streak?
3: Well, I've got to con- congratulate you first, shock, on the very timely Mary Tyler Moore Show reference. Dan Shaughnessy <laughs> is just aching he didn't think of that first. I mean, wh- what can you say? It's a short week. It's hard to find fault. W- w- pitching a shout-out on the road, despite when any mittens losing, Dullard might say. Pitching a shout-out on the road, uh, effectively moving the ball I mean I mean what okay Atlanta's a bad team keep moving the goal media the Patriots are actually good we said it on the mothership the Patriots are good by whatever means last night whether it was going to be a slog a shootout whatever it was they had control of that game the minute they were up three to nothing there was zero chance that Matt and Ryan was going to do anything against that team and by the way was the most Matt Ryan sequence in the history of Matt Ryan sequences <laughs> on the third and in inches in the second quarter. He took a sack and Matt Ryan and taking a nut crushing sack name, a more epic duo. So the nut crushing sack 45 yard field goal is good, but the Falcons have a penalty pushes back to 50 and young way pulls it, you know, wide left. There is nothing that encapsulate Matt Ryan's career more than that. And it's hard to, say that about somebody who won the MVP, but holy hell i had zero doubt after nick folk made it three nothing that game was as our good friend bill likes to say they had control of that game getting off the bus
2: (laughs) yeah and uh steve you know this defense man i it's it's elite and almost to the point where it's getting a little a little bit crazy to even think about it 13 points the, the, the last three games allowed and matthew judon I, I i mean i'm gonna let bill talk about it later on but my goodness but he's just part of it Of uh, yes yesterday i would say belonged to kyle van Noy, but and also the one retired player by the name of dante hightower but you don't have to talk about him uh so steve <laughs> what, you, what the defense as a whole what did you think about them i uh,
4: the i mean the defense has just been unreal the last few weeks not even just last night uh i mean people Obviously, people are going to tell us, you know, oh, they didn't have Calvin Ridley. They didn't have Quartero Patterson. Yeah, I mean, they, still, they still had Kyle Pitts. They still had Mike Davis. They still had Russell Gage. Uh, and then, I mean, outside of Kyle Pitts, they're not great players. They're still decent players that we've seen. I mean, I was, they they couldn't do anything. And and it's, it's not even it has to do with the secondary who's back there. Because all football comes down to, and my favorite thing about it, is that no matter how fancy you draw everything up, what it comes down to is if you can beat the shit out of the other guy across from you at the line of scrimmage. That is how you win football games, by, beat, by punching a guy in the mouth of the line of scrimmage. And the Patriots did that on both sides of the ball. Like defensively, they ate that line of scrimmage up. They, they absolutely dismantled Atlanta at the line. You know, I was
3: throwing I was throwing challenge flags at Shaq listening to the debut podcast last week.
4: Shaq, they have an identity. They beat the living (laughs) piss out of you. That's the Patriots identity on both sides of the ball. And I I was thinking about it, too, even with like, you know, you look at Ramondre and Harris not to go. I know we were talking about the defense, but like you said, they've beaten teams up. They don't even have like they have two backs, but they don't have a change of pace back. Like you know how some teams have like the fast guy and then they have the big guy that like beats you up running the ball.
3: The yeah, they have the hammer a... and they have the other hammer.
4: Yeah, they just and have then the two other hammer with Run r- r- run you over. Like, they have like a hammer and a guys. sledgehammer. Is, yeah. it, is it good? To, is it good to
2: have hammers when I mean? I mean, because we're if we're, not, we're not talking about uh, Ryan Hannibal, are we? Because that podcast
1: is terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, not to throw the first uh, Marvel reference into our podcast for the game, but it's, you know, we have a plan of attack. We, we have a plan of attack. Attack. Your Entitled Town
3: bingo card, number one. <laughs> mark, your,
1: mark your spots.
5: Wow, I really thought that was going to be a Thor reference when you,
3: we
1: were talking about hammers and you just yeah, totally man, went that I way. we
4: were getting a Thor reference.
1: It, you know, I could have gone that direction, but the plan of could attack,
4: Mac attack Jones, Iron Man Thor felt hammer. Solid.
2: Wait, but, but Thor is fat, though, right? Because, I mean, uh, I mean who else is fat? Uh, Badar? Oh, wait, never mind.
1: Brown. No, no, he's done Awaken 720 or whatever it is,
3: <laughs> which is also the number of s- subscribers he has.
1: He's, he's, uh, I, I don't know who did it, but, uh,
5: someone put that meme up of when he showed his weight loss and it looked exactly the same, except he had combed hair. <laughs> was like when the guy I've from, seen... uh, InfoWars did, uh, did the tanning, tanning versus like his albino pick, basically. <laughs>
3: It was nice to see that Bedard was able to borrow Upton Bell's wig for that photo shoot.
0: All right. <laughs> Already off
3: the wheels. I love it. I love
2: it. I love it. All right, Bill, back to you. And I, I said I was going to le- leave you to the Matthew Judon uh, dick sucking. Um, so why don't we do that right now? Because he is a microcosm of how great of an offseason this has been for Bill Belichick. And there were so many people, including uh, Mike Tanier, that asshole. And a few other people who have, who, you know, in March, there was in March 15th, I believe he had that tweet saying, oh, well, now the Patriots are doing the exact same thing the Jets and the Dolphins were doing. And they Patriots fans used to make fun of them. And well, guess what? Matthew Judon had just passed his career high in sacks, Uh, draft free agencies, the the past two off seasons. I mean, I'm just going to name them all. Uh, Adrian Phillips, Henry Bourne. Bolden. I mean, he's he was an offseason signing. I mean, this isn't a rebuilding. This is a reloading and mm-hmm. uh, or at, and maybe even a retooling in some areas. So, Bill, go ahead and talk about this entire offseason and how it's turned out the last 10 weeks
1: yeah so I think when you look at the offseason it's yes if you're saying that like me playing flag football on Sundays is the same as Bill Belichick coaching football on Sundays then yeah the Jets and the Patriots have been doing the same thing in over the last couple of years sure but looking at Judon is sort of the microcosm of a lot of different storylines he is the prototypical Patriot no one knew it till he arrived he's got more career he's got more sacks this season than any other year in his career and it's week 11 because he's buying in to doing his job he talked in this post-game press conference last night about the other guys doing their jobs and giving him opportunities. He talked about Barmore. You know, bless Bernard for not ruining that man's career because he's now muddying up the middle and allowing people to have a no outside, clue, which is making them ripe. Go for it.
3: It's That's, that's Viagra for the soul right there, my friends.
1: Oh,
5: isn't can, it? Can we also just mention, like, the thing about Matt Judon that I love the most is how he's injecting this high-energy into the locker room and the press conferences and the whole dialogue of like bill doesn't allow fun or personalities that you have to be this quiet, like secret agent type person. When it comes to the media, he's totally defying that right now. And I think the other players are all playing off of it. And Mm -hmm. that's just like this, uh, this other, you know, echelon of what he's doing uh, for the team. So I, I think that's another thing to consider.
3: You know, then, he's noted pain in the ass, Matt Judon. By the way, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's the guy that Bill's been looking for since McGinnis. If he's the what, what Colvin would have been if Colvin didn't blow out his hip. Colvin was still a very good player. Is why they signed to Dallas Thomas. It's why they drafted Chandler Jones. He has that guy now, and he's wrecking worlds. Barmore's in the middle. They're just they're so solid across that side of the ball. It really is. It's it's just something. Barmore is Seymour and they have their guy off the edge it's the the defensive backfield is those guys have gotten an opportunity with the Gilmore trade and the injuries it's just they're all stepping up it's the pieces fit the pieces fit and it's
1: beautiful to see I would add that I think that Barmore is the best rookie draft pick on the defensive line since Seymour and I know that we had Chandler Jones a few years ago. He was really aggressive, like he fits really well in Arizona's scheme. He was a, just a, a, such a talented player, you couldn't pass him up. But in terms of the Patriots' scheme and system, I think Barmore is already the most impactful rookie we've drafted since Richard Seymour yeah, on it's, that it's, defensive line. It's
3: Seymour, it's Will Fork, and it's Barmore. I mean, they're, they're yeah, in yeah, the discussion. I, Go ahead, Steve.
1: I, I, I was, I was <laughs> going to say that. Hosting
3: again, Mike?
4: <laughs> well, I, I, well, what I was going to say was when you brought up uh, Seymour in the first place was after Seymour, there was Will Fork and all these mm-hmm. Belichick defenses, not only did the good ones, not only did they have the guy who can lock things up on the back end and, you know, get the interceptions and the guy who can get after the quarterback like Judon's doing, like you guys mentioned, Chandler Jones, uh, Rosie Colvin. But uh, like now you have Barmores, so They always had that guy in the middle. You know what I mean? Like Barmore's doing now. They always had he always had that guy in the middle to eat up that middle spot of the ground so he could free up his other pass rushes. And that's exactly what Barmore's doing. He's doing exactly what Vince and Seymour did. On a rookie contract,
3: second round scale. Thanks, thanks very much, Bedard. Try again. And and
5: the fact that that Bill at one point, or you know, analysts were saying that Bill probably wanted to get Barmore at 15. And he gets him at 38, which is that's insane. I mean, th- I think that's so under the radar. I mean, people are saying it now, but at the time I remember saying, wow, I remember people had him in the, the mock drafts at, at 15 and he got at 38. Um, and I don't know that's because of the the BS rumor from like Greg Bedard or whatever, but um, the, the, the whole draft now, I mean, Stevenson, we can go, we can go through Stevenson and we haven't even seen Perkins and McGrone who are also supposed to be steals. And they're, they're just, Taking their time trick, you know, with injuries trickling them in. But this might be, and I'll just say it, it's probably the best draft they've had since 2012. And last year was a good draft
2: as well. Yeah, absolutely. With Kyle Duggar, with a, with who's a, also doing winner,
4: with a winner. Yeah. Kyle Duggar. Michael, Michael, Michael Wenner. A little bit.
5: Kyle Duggar, Duggar jumped played. off
3: the screen last night to me.
5: Du- Kyle Dunker played against future dog catchers, though, so that's why you know we yeah. shouldn't get too happy about that. I mean, what? PFF, I'm not vouching for them. I'm actually saying, what's his name, Pete Bukaki,
1: something like that. yeah, like
5: the guy that that just went in on, yeah, oh yeah, he watched the tape, homie. So and that's like the Steve Buscemi meme, like hello, fellow homie kids, like he's he's just he he just wanted to immediately. Uh, diminish the pick because he was a d2 athlete and everyone said when he came out of college he was a god amongst children basically like that's how good he was at his position and it wasn't just the fact he's in d2 he they knew right away he should be in the nfl
3: that's known football factory lenore ryan and by the way dog catcher is still a more useful profession than media member
4: they saw how good Duggan was at the Senior Bowl. It was it. it didn't matter that he played against D two players. He played against the Senior yep. Bowl, and he was still a man amongst men. He was still a freak athlete playing that's amongst D one guys Steve. at the Senior Bowl. That well, that's that's what I was told. Like uh, Mark Schofield came on my show last year, and that's what he he said. he was like if if you stood out in the rain and watched at Mobile, Alabama, and watched the Senior Bowl, and you saw what I saw,
1: and Kyle Duggan, he was a freak on the field against D one athletes. <laughs> I mean the division doesn't is relatively irrelevant if the player can play because know it or not, they're not 18 year old children anymore when they're going to be coming into the NFL. And, you know, humans are known to develop from the ages of 18 and beyond. That That's why they that's why college is the feeding ground into the pros. But Belichick has identified the right people in undrafted free agents over the last couple of years. The last couple of drafts has hit on a lot of key players and last night was the microcosm tearing apart the narrative that Belichick can't draft and that he can't acquire the free agents that want to come here because every player that they people have dismissed over the last several years, had impactful plays last night. Nikhil Harry, Brandon Bolden, Jakob Johnson, undrafted guys, free agents, drafted guys—the whole gamut.
4: Nikhil Harris having the best two weeks of his career right now. The best week actually, because it was it all fell into one one week. Yeah, day. yeah. But and I want to talk about is... I want to talk about
2: that for a second before I go back to and before I go back to Dan about Judon. I want I want to talk about uh, Nikhil Harry because. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm still on that train until it derails, and I know a lot of people are like, "What are you crazy?" But people, if people, if you're not seeing what he's contributing to this team as far as key, and I'm talking about key blocks, he's literally erasing people off of the field. If you can't see that, well, then you, there's no point in you watching anything because the Kill Harry is just a key, a very key cog as, as 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 well as far as blocking is concerned. I, I know people. I wish he would get more targets. That's the only, you know, I would say, quibble, I would say. But if, if if he's not getting such a target, he's he's making himself known so that he can get back, get on the field more often. And
3: that's really all you can do, right? A thousand, think- a thousand percent, Shaq. It's he's do he's he's worked hard, he's worked his way into the rotation. And this team is not going to be a stat humping team, they're balanced as hell. If you look at the box score from the last couple of games, particularly last night, the leading receiver had five receptions. It was Aguilar. He had the touchdown. And, you know, again, not stat-humping. You know what that is? It makes them really fucking difficult to defend. When you can spread the ball around, you're wearing them down with the physical running game, and you can't key on any one guy. I mean, that makes them more difficult to defend. And I think Bill, Bill, again, good friend, my good friend of mine, Bill, Bill made that point when he was giving verbal fellatio of last week to Kyle Pitts, that Kyle Pitts in that kind of offense, he did the same thing the week before with the Browns, with Njoku and Austin Hooper. I mean, that's tipi- difficult to defend when you have so many viable options. Okay, yeah. I was going
2: to
3: want-
5: okay, say, with Nikhil Harry, one thing about him that I think we just need to debunk in general is like the whole first-round pick. Thing just because you're a first round pick doesn't mean like immediately it's like, oh, well, he's not contributing, so he's a bus. Said so the, the way that it works with the Patriots is it's you're casting your net with draft picks, whatever comes out of that, and whoever fits you know the best role on the depth chart. That's that's what it is. It's all it's a, it's a lottery, that's what the draft is. It's, it's not that just because you're a first round pick, you need to do this. That's how everyone in the NFL and that's how fans treat it is, oh, I need to see these stats, I need to see these these things from you it's with the Patriots it's I'm casting a wide net and then whoever works out for what we want to do that's the way you fit in it doesn't really matter so yeah on another team maybe he's going to do something different where and, and to your point Shaq I'm, I'm riding that train too I'm, I'm supportive of draft picks but and I was the same way with Sony Michelle and Sony Michelle was great in terms of production but it's you know, whatever you f- – on the Patriots, it's different. The same thing with Winovich right now. Winovich is – it's a sub-role. He's fitting a certain area. And, yeah, <laughs> he was, you know, a higher round draft pick, that sort of thing. So, I think that's a thing that we need to debunk, especially with the Patriots. It's not – just because you're round doesn't mean that's what you equate to.
3: I'll go to my grave believing that the Michelle picks and the Nikhil Harry pick was made to placate Mo- Mopi Tommy, who wanted to play with more weapons. I will go to my grave, shack believing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to go back to
2: what you would, what Dan was talking about as far as Judon is concerned and the energy that he brings. Um, watching just, just the way watching him, the way he reacts to other teams, other players' press conferences, like when there was uh KVN was at the mic and he was doing this little dance and everything, and then he comes right off of the of the of the mic, and then <laughs> he's like. What's up, guys? And then the media is all quiet. It's so, okay. So first of all, Belichick is the worst, worst uh, interviewer ever. The worst press conference ever. But then you have a guy who's giving you a lot of energy. He's giving you spunk. He's giving you all the stuff that you want, and you have nothing for him. Nothing to say. Media suck, and I and I just I just can't stand it.
3: You had me at Hello Shuck. You had me at Hello. (laughs) But,
5: and and like all those years of complaining about it too. Like they've been begging for this. I mean, this is what the radio guys talk about all the time is that why they hate Bill, because he doesn't give him anything and he's programmed his players to do the same thing. And then you get this guy who's finally giving you what you want and you're just, you're all like, oh, wow. Um, Because when he says, what's up, y'all, someone goes, oh.
2: And that's the react. That's what you get. You should yeah. say, what's up? Yeah. Look, just respond. say, Hey, be happy. They'll, they'll never, they'll never get what they want unless you give them exactly what they want.
3: Useless and profession.
2: Useless. And I, for, we've, we've gone almost what 15 minutes and we haven't even talked about the quarterback Mac Jones. And, you know, for me, people, when they were, when, when they were talking about him during the draft, Like, people were calling him, oh, he's a dinosaur quarterback. He's a relic of the past. He's an ancient uh, uh, artifact of time. And there's always going to be a place in the NFL for guys who work hard on getting better at their craft and delivering the ball with zip, with timing, and with placement. And that's exactly what Mac did. That's exactly what he does, and that's exactly what he has been doing. Yesterday, was it a, a... a game that you would put on the record books no but was it a game that got the job done hell yeah it was yeah and it would and guess what nelly aggs you know as everyone calls him nelson agalore you know he of of overpaidness no,
5: no, let's let's get that straight no one calls him that it was just <laughs> it was just like a a 16 year old kid complaining about contracts which he has no idea what any other contracts actually mean but go on
3: it's like a it's like a like barnacle nickname. hey nelly eggs one of the greats <laughs> it's it, it's like it, I, I don't know it's it's just weird that tweet was the nelly eggs like i've never i've
2: never heard that name before but it's like i guess people have the meme in their head and they expect him to drop every single pass because of the meme. I don't know why, but I mean, this guy is a ball. And Bill was talking earlier about buying into the system. Matt buys into this Belichick system because uh, if you watch a Matt Jones press conference on wins and losses, he's the exact same way. He's never too high. He's never too low. He's always, you know, uh, and and a lot of players and, and a lot of players are are kind of criticizing that, saying, you know, we want Mac to be a little bit more up. We want him to celebrate a little bit more. But I guess I get it because he's a rookie. But I mean, I, you know what I love about him. I'm just really you know excited
3: I, about him. You know what I love about him is that when he's not between the lines, he is velcroed to McDaniel's side, and he's yeah. he's playing the proverbial sponge, learning more and more. They always got the tablet where they're circling things on on the printouts uh, where they're getting those photos from caller 90 seconds no commercials Um, and if the 2020 season taught us anything you need to be able to throw the football efficiently and not bounce past it to people that are open downfield mac is ruthlessly efficient and that's the the football team the offense more week by week is becoming ruthlessly efficient they are a model of complementary football and you got to think that you know, Bill's giving tits McGee, you know, even more than she could probably handle because this, this has got to be Viagra for his soul. This has been an awfully erotic podcast, Jesus. But <laughs> it's, 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 it, 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 just feels caller like Belichick's wet dream of a football team by young guys. The pieces fit, say pieces fit more asshole, Jesus. But I'm really, I'm just, it's, it's really been, you know, our long national nightmare of 18 months since mopey Tommy, it's OVA OVA.
1: Yeah, I would, I would add to that, that I think something that's unique about this team right now is that Mac is the perfect fit at quarterback, personality-wise, because Bill looked at the whole puzzle here and was like, you know what, if I'm bringing in a rookie, I need an energetic, passionate leader, and I need that to come from my defense, Great point. and Great he point. found that in Judon, and then he's got the guy who's going to work his tail off, beat everybody else into the building, and be the last person coming out of there with Matt Jones telling us that he's going to, you know, lay next to his girlfriend in bed and look over the film the night after the game and is going to be spending his extra days off looking at film and studying and making sure that he's ready for the next wide open Nelson Aguilar pass across the middle for a touchdown and that he's going to analyze the field and understand what's coming his way, which when you've got Tennessee coming down the pike is a really good thing to be yeah. doing. And let's finally hit the long
3: one. When they finally hit the long one, Aguilar, you'll be able to hear me scream from Seattle with joy.
5: And let's not forget that Mac is also really close now with the center. So, Dave Andrews, who's the leader, you know, he's one of the top leaders in the locker room right now. You can tell him and McCordy on the field in in Judon, those seem to be like three of the main leaders on the team. And now he's got a leader who's right with him to, to break down everything and they work together. And back to your point, Bill, like about efficiency and making this machine run, he's 84% accuracy in the last two games. That's insane. Like we're, we're, we're talking another level and like, yeah, sure. We can talk about, he's a game manager and all that crap, but like he's doing exactly what he was drafted for. I mean, people are complaining about him not being uh, a Patrick Mahomes and not doing these style point passes but he's doing exactly what he's programmed to do. And he's, he wants to be even better at it, which is crazy. And not to and back to Shaq's point, he's not, you know, the, the whole emotion thing, all I hear about is, well, he's not emotion. He doesn't show enough emotion
3: or he's,
5: he's showing too much emotion when he gets down.
3: It's like, what do you want? Pick one. Jesus Christ. People who, wor- who worship at the altar of the Mahomes immaculate incompletion won't get Mac Jones. They never will. It's, it's just as simple as that.
2: Yeah and and he went 22 to 26 84.6% completion percentage Max Jones is the first rookie in NFL history to complete at least 80% of his passes in back-to-back games and currently he's 30 in the NFL at 70.2% but that's like now, a Larry it's, Bird it's, that's, that's like boring, Larry Bird's
3: free throw percentage that's yeah. how
2: good it is it's crazy but <laughs> it's boring though it's not it's not it's not an immaculate inter- interception which right, been.
4: and and I no, and I don't want Style wanna... Points did Mac get on that throw last night where he uh he <laughs> ran up in the pocket and he and and he, and he threw it about what was good 15 yards over the middle? It was a good, I think it was third down, too.
3: Yeah, the so Russian, I, ju- I, the the I Russian judge did. gave it a
4: 4.9 on the style <laughs> points meter. And there it's... was another throw, there was one throw he made last night, man. Uh, Brian Balding broke it down. I i love Baldy's breakdowns. Um, it was. Uh, he was had that safety coming at him, and it, it was Daron Harmon. Yep, he had Daron Harmon coming right at him, and he just backpedaled, and he he made the throw with the guy in his face. Um, and that I mean, rookies don't make that throw. That that's 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 like a that's a, we saw we we didn't see Brady make that throw in all one. You know what I mean, like. That's that's not a rookie throw right there. That's a, that's you've been around for a while kind of throw.
5: But Steve, Steve, the ceiling is so low. Like we're we're talking we're in a hobbit house right now. That's how we're that's how low the ceiling is with like the floor and the ceiling are so close.
3: Apparently, that's that's what yeah, everyone's that, saying. That's, the floor's well, so high, it's a crawl space.
4: So I, that's, <laughs> th- th- this is one of my favorites. So the, the ceiling is so low he's on pace to throw for more yards and as many touchdowns as Dak Prescott did his rookie year. That Dak Prescott had a really low ceiling. Um, uh, Kyle Amari, he's on pace to throw for more yards and more touchdowns than Kyle Amari did his rookie year. Kyle Amari has a really low ceiling, guys. And everyone said that after he won rookie of the year, right?
3: Well, he is short, but yes. He can still post (laughs) up Ben Volan even being as short as he is.
4: Oh, by the way, um, Hey, hey, hey,
2: kid! Gas, Chris Gasper. Uh, it's ten games already. Where you at? Where you at, son? Come on, let's 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 get your take now. Where is it at? Well, it's Speaking of disingenuous Muppets. he in,
4: has he he hasn't as many Muppets. touchdowns as Justin Herbert, so we can't talk until after he throws more more than Justin Herbert threw.
3: What an intellectually dishonest prick! He takes the single greatest rookie season of all time that Herbert had last year statistically, and then says <laughs> Mac Jones isn't Herbert. Okay, genius. You're not, Nate. You're not Dick Shap on the fucking sports reporters either. You're the pregame show for the Flex Seal commercial, and you couldn't hold on to that job. You went back to Daddy John Henry with your thesaurus, and you're now going to be writing columns that nobody reads. And you know, thank you. Know just drift off, go away. Doing
5: and doing the weekend show with Big Jim Murray, who wishes death upon your kids, but he also. Completely moved the goalposts on his own. Take said check back with me at yep. ten games, and someone responded and said, "Why yes. didn't you check back with me
4: at nine games?" It's like, well, you said ten. That's not what you like, said. What? Are, yeah, like, what are you doing now? Like, yeah, he's like, he's it, like, you didn't say this last week. He's like, you specifically said after ten. It's Orwellian,
3: right? That's not what I said. Why? Do, <laughs> why does he not believe in
5: receipts? The guy, the guy, like, lives in this world where he just right. thinks whatever. It's just like
4: Dude, I He's, I almost he's not a guy smart has, then. He's not smart Dan. No, no sophistry. But no. Twitter is all about receipts, dude. That's it's like the best and worst thing about Twitter, dude. Whatever the only receipts saying, Gasper and-
3: has as far as the from Amazon. So he's irrelevant. You know, I, I go through this thing all the time with the guys on the mothership. It's like, do we want to talk about someone who's just irrelevant and is flailing for attention? And my argument is if, if it's mockable, then he exists to be mocked. And they're, they're, maybe they're trolling for clicks and maybe the joke at the end of the day is on guys like us, but if it exists to be mocked, it needs to be mocked. And Chris Gasper, thank you for being mockable. And yeah. uh, and, I, and- it, he treats, he treats Twitter like it, like
5: my dad treats, uh, you know, when he accidentally uses voice, activation on his phone and just starts talking into it and not realizing what's happening like he doesn't believe that other people know what he's actually saying like just open streaming thought going onto twitter without any repercussion and then later he's shocked that someone does it and then he has to do this weird little sophisticated twist on what he was actually trying to say but go ahead bill sorry
1: no it's it's fine i was saying that you know he's just he's just that person who will make a make a statement And just, he's the goalpost mover. He's that individual who will go ahead and move that because he wants the engagements. I mentioned it, I think, in our chat about Volan. They're the people who will absolutely be shifting around the goalposts, moving things, wanting the engagements because they don't care if it's positive or negative. It's, you know, sports media where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. It's, (laughs) you know, that they just decide that it's, you know, they're going to change their argument. And, you know, I'm going to use five different, you know, use more analogies, Bill, but it's Rowdy Roddy Piper. You don't like the you know as soon as you learn the rules, I change the game. That's Chris Gasper's rules for social media engagement.
3: Put that on a pillow for me for Christmas with Bill's monologue there. That was beautiful. By by the way, uh,
2: the tonight's mass lottery numbers are two, eight, and seventeen. I'm just letting you just letting
3: you know. <laughs> well, that, see that's 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 the base level for Gasper's job at WCVB, right? I can <laughs> exactly. read off the teleprompter and I can read from a thesaurus. There, that's a show. <laughs>
2: And all right, so I I know. Wow, we spent a lot of time on this game, but that's 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 how great this game was. And you know, don't listen to all of these idiots who will tell you that oh, the offense was bad, and oh, this was this, and this. Uh, Look, trap games. Shut the fuck up about trap games. I don't want to hear about it. It's only poorly coached teams who who don't have a Bill Belichick, who aren't blessed to have a Bill Belichick have to worry about track games that's not the Patriots if you didn't if you didn't like last night's
5: game you don't like football and you're just there because you like Madden and you like all the bullshit that they project about Patrick Mahomes and high scoring game like you know what everyone got got off to was it like a couple years ago with that Rams Chiefs game that went up like 100 whatever points total for the that's what people want and it's like that's what you want that's not football. That's like the defense just laying down and letting you do whatever you want. Like, that last night was football. That's what it was. And it's been that way. with. And that's why I love the Patriots is, like, Bill will go down to, like, you know, pulling guards and doing smash-mouth football with the runs and all that stuff. And then you get people last night, Pats fans, I'm not going to name names, saying, (laughs) I'm bored. I'm bored. You're bored? don't be a Pats fan. Like, get the
4: fuck out of here. Go be, I, go be a fan of another team. Say that say that a defensive yeah. game is boring. That drives me fucking crazy. Hello, what? did you watch Super Bowl 50-53? Oh, was that a boring game? Five people tell me that was boring. And I'm like, I don't know. That was a fucking football game, dude.
5: They watched my it goodness. for the halftime show. They watched it for the halftime show and the commercials and wore a pink hat that's exactly I, what I happened
4: know, I, I played football i wasn't great at football but i'm like when i played in high school and in pop one my favorite games were the slug them out fucking grinded out to the last minute games fucking or even the, even the games where we just beat the shit out of you like on defense like and the, we just ate you up on the line of scrimmage those were my favorite games maybe i'm biased because i was a lineman but like, that was the most fun to play in for me was when, when the defense was on all cylinders and you, you just grind it out. Well, that's what
5: football is. Football, the, all the spectacular catches and everything, that's when football fails. That's when your assignment fails. So, yeah. in a sense, a the, the, when it's succeeding, that's when you get the blocks. That's when you get the, the tackles. And, and, yeah, it's boring, but that's what football is down to the nuts and bolts. But you guys, I mean, the NFL is doing it. They just want to glorify it and they want to see all the points.
3: It's and that's sp- what go check
2: no and that's why i was gonna say i don't care what happens the rest of the year because this team is i i said this on twitter this team is so fun to root for and i don't care what happens because it's it's all these guys have bought in for for what for wherever they've come from whether it's from the off season or whether they've been drafted they yeah. they're all in and I, I just love watching them and it, it's, you know, maybe it's that Red Sox type of thing. Uh, what was it? 20, 2021 Red Sox. Maybe they're, maybe they're just that type of a team where you just have to watch every game because they're start so, out two and four. Yeah, and four. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and please folks don't do, don't do this bullshit. About, oh, well, the Titans are, that's the test. That's going to be the game where we really find out who these people are because we don't know what this team is. And then the Titans game, and then the Bills game. Oh, that's the test. Just say this team is good and just breathe for
3: once. My goodness. The team's good, Shaq. And to Steve's point, football at its heart, despite the rule changes and despite the pinball machines and the media falling in love, Ah, uh, football. The soul of football is on the offensive and defensive lines. This team is tough. Now, take for example the LA Rams. They went out and got Von Miller. You know a name I heard of him, Von Miller. And all the Niners did on Monday Night Football, they ran at Von Miller the whole fucking night, and they out they absolutely beat up the Rams, on both on both sides of the ball. And the, you know the Rams have the names. The Rams. The Rams And maybe they'll turn out to be good. Maybe they'll turn out to be good. The Rams have gotten their dicks kicked in two weeks in a row because it, Mike Lombardi knows this stuff a hell of a lot more than I do. They are, in Lombardi's opinion, they're a soft football team. And I started, you know, I listened to him a couple of days before the Monday night game, and the Rams look soft and the puppy shut on the southeast sidewalk in August. They, they had no soul. They had offered zero resistance to a not very good 49er team. Or at least not good so far exactly
4: Uh, so now that was i wanted to say uh about the 49ers i said this the other night on my show the 49ers they play like they did the other night beat the shit out beat the shit out of the other team on the line of scrimmage it looked like it looked like
3: it looked like their super bowl season that that was the kind of a dominating effect they had they they beat the piss out of the packers in the nfc title game that just ran ran, and ran over the chiefs for for three quarters
4: yep
2: Well, well, I mean, I'm I'm sure we could talk about this game for a while because it it was it was just one of those games that I think I I think I will watch it again after we're done here. But, uh, of course, after after every Patriots game, there's always some type of a controversy. There's always some type of of this week. There wasn't there. Well, so far, I mean, it is the day after the game. It's less than 24 hours. So. You know, we're still there's still time for a player to come out and complain about Mac, you know, killing their sister or something. But, but until between now and then, uh, Kyle Van Noy actually tweeted out something really interesting. And basically, he's gotten a, a, a drug test from the NFL or at he, least getting one. Uh, and I guess because of the fact that he had five tackles, two sacks and a pick six. I, I, I don't. I. I just think that this is the life of a patriot. Isn't it funny how, you know, Kyle Van Noy, who, why would you think, first of all, why would you think that he's not, uh, that this is out of the ordinary for Kyle Van Noy? Have you not, I guess they didn't want Super Bowl 51.
1: No, listen. They 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 have this belief, and it's like it just shows that the NFL also doesn't understand science. Like steroids don't just immediately work. Like the like he didn't inject it right before the game, and because it's not right. Michael's special they're not, stuff. They're not. They're like, not the
2: Flint. Is- they're not Flintstones vitamins. You know, they don't make no, you grow. No,
1: no, they don't. So you know, but I I shouldn't expect more from the league that doesn't understand how air pressure works to understand how steroids work when they're going to test for them. So, you know, KVN is that guy who's coming out saying that he's playing for fun at this point. He's, you know, made it for life. He's not, you yeah. know, out there searching for the money. Why would he be that guy? So it's, you know, once again, the NFL getting in their own way and trying to diminish great achievements by players who work hard.
3: Anyway, he's just should have pulled the Von Miller, just bribe the piss test guy and see what, take your chances with that.
1: I'm not bitter (laughs) at the Broncos still funny how that how funny how that story just you know disappeared you know almost Mm -hmm. like Marvin Harrison's gun
3: (laughs) Ray Lewis's suit
5: continue almost like yeah Yeah. almost like Peyton Manning Peyton Manning having his wife have steroids delivered Uh, Ted Nation round of
3: applause Ted Nation round of applause for that one it's not it's her HGH (laughs) caller
2: well I, do think we've been, I think we, I think we've been talking for a while and I think we need to take a breather so we'll be right back I know we, do, we don't have commercials normally on the mothership in title town or entitled weekend, but we need to take a break so we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Greg Bedard. Rome wasn't built in a day, and as my dad says, you can't shine a sneaker, but feeling good after losing 35 plus pounds on Awaken 180 in 8 weeks. I also lost 155 pounds of a racist white supremacist named Mike Loiko. but nobody needs to know about that. I'll tell you about it after the World Series. Fitting into stuff I buried in the closet 2 plus years ago, but I have a closet that's buried full of stuff that you don't need to know about. Sorry Las Vegas Review Journal. Check them out at awaken180weightloss.com. And also, please go to my website at bostonsportsjourneyo.com because nobody's subscribing to it. All right, we're back. And um, that's just a little bit of a, uh ad that, you know, we, 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 always, we always have to cater to the less fortunate. So that's what we were doing. Ad
3: about. revenue? I just don't see it at
1: all. At all. For yes. only 18 cents a day, you too could take care of Greg Bedard's website.
3: <laughs> and the cost now... of one, for the cost of one box of Splenda, you too can help Greg Bedard <laughs> and his coffee. Oh my
4: God. And, and
3: speaking of the less fortunate, we have to talk about uh, another less fortunate,
2: uh, well, fake podcaster, and that's a uh, fake Spike King uh apparently you know he's having this type of a feud with entitled town and the entitled podcast
3: network um mike uh what's what's happened i i I don't understand (laughs) well it ain't a rivalry because a hammer and nail are not rivals you know this guy this guy this guy is you want to talk about stat humbers you know he's he's the one that he's not a fan he's just not a fan he's a wannabe celebrity you know we had jake in boston with the uh the billboard on Route One. Yeah, thanks. It's facing south. Bill Bill's fans will be throwing dildos at it while they're jerking themselves off. And you also have Dakota, Dakota and Braintree with his Kiss uh eyebrows, you know, arched all I the way was, to the top. I would, that's who I was gonna compare him to, Shaq. You know, not only do you and my brother share a brain, evidently there's this some symbiosis <laughs> going on here as well. He's not a fan. He wants the attention on him. And it, whether it's you know whether it's buying a billboard or you know you you're not coming on the podcast and I'll get I'll get to the other thing like he was on with Thornton which I mean you want to talk oh. about disappointing and that I'll get to that in my final thoughts but I almost don't even want to dignify this guy because what he wants is is eyeballs on him it, has, it doesn't matter if it's the vehicles the patriots the red Sox, his really sweet you know knit cap that he wears so you know it's a fake spike king the douche tell is he has a a uniform made with spike king on the back game set match you're a douchebag and I'm I'm just we shouldn't even dignify. I'm actually gonna agree with some of the other members. I don't even want to dignify this guy with that. I'll just leave it at that.
5: Let's just say that he proposed to his 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 fiancee, baby mama, in Gillette <laughs> in the middle in the middle of a, a kid's football camp in army cargo shorts.
3: Sweet um, camo I shorts, mean, dude.
5: How do you beat that? And then we talked about it last week. Bill knows. I mean, the most genius gimmick of all time. Is when the Patriots win, Mac Jones your quarterback. You eat a Big Mac. Oh my
4: God, he got yeah. it, nailed it, amazing. Content. Right, giving
2: giving yourself diabetes. That's the that's a perfect way to get content.
4: I no, I can't stand uh, uh, that whole crew. Actually, that he's with that that fake Spike King, that the LB and Bryson. I I can't, I can't stand them. Another ten I, I, Nation round I, of applause. I I, I, I hope that, I hope they're listening. You guys all kicked me out of your chats and said fucking trolls for me because I
1: didn't agree with your opinions. <clears throat> and I, I wasn't gonna you. suck a dick. I mean the so, fact of the matter the fact of the matter is if he thought he was on like this tier up here where like he's actually like making good content and like people are following him, he wouldn't be begging everybody he gets in a beef with to join their podcast and talk about it it's like it's it's very much that you know that gift that i'll show
3: you the gift with mcdonald's
1: here's the here's the attention you ordered like that's what he wants he wants to be on there to sound sound off he you know and now i take back what i said last week about like you know it just being a bad selection by jerry thornton couldn't you pull better shame on jerry thornton this week because you gave him attention but probably because he begged you in a similar way and you caved
2: oh this week he had this week he had you know the purveyor of advertisements for agents of Ian Rappaport on his pod. So you know, he's all, only the best for uh important
5: podcast. The face of manscape Remember, the face of oh Manscaped. Jesus, that's right. Holy
3: cow. <laughs> I actually, you know, we had we had in the in the mothership thread. Um this we were in agreement. I was like, would we have Ian Rappaport on? No. Oh no. I was like, can confirm? No, we won't have him on.
4: I can confirm.
3: Yeah,
4: wow. Says, wow. All he does is just say. I can confirm this. Or wow, oh, okay. well, amazing! He's a beast. It's,
2: yeah,
5: yeah. we just verbatim the same headline. Just verbatim the same thing. He changes one word
3: and yeah, said, Breer it and, looks Breer like and, that. Breer and Schefter basically are just the 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 love children of, of Adam Schefter. That, that, that's all it is. It's they're they're spoon fed and they're on a text thread with agents and somebody at five uh, five was it five twelve Park Avenue in the NFL
1: offices. He. he he's, he's essentially my dog. Like when I write my dog's name on my mother's birthday gift, it's like per sources and me it's, you know, (laughs) per these other sources and, you know, Benji, the dog, like that, that's how he tweets. It's, he doesn't actually do any much sourcing. It's he, you know, sort of says he verifies it and then says it's per, you know, whoever's doing the actual reporting and him. Tom Pellister. Yes. Yes.
2: Well, 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 I have a national guy who, who is not an EMAP report or, Albert where are you? He's actually um well on in in most cases, he's actually pretty respectable. Uh Rich Eisen, um he's had he's had a couple of very very good takes, and I'm gonna play a little bit of one of them right now.
0: And the Patriots are back like they are winning it all. Will they do it this year? I don't know. Keep on thinking that because they've got a they've got a rookie quarterback that they can't they might not they probably won't probably not. but right now they are crushing it <laughs> and yes i'm the only one with a national resume that came on this program <laughs> no. and that I mean, came on this not. program i thought no, we no, were no. i'm the only one who came on this show <laughs> three weeks ago and said that's a playoff team after week seven correct yes and I'm willing to put that up against anybody else here, including all those people that I hear about what's going on back in New England, where they're talking about national voices overrating the Patriots because they're not happy in New England unless they're pissing on their own home teams. That's my, that's
2: going to be a part of our intro
3: because that's exactly what it is. Money shot. It's the money shot.
2: Yeah, no. And that's exactly what Ben Volland did. Uh, that article talking about pr- uh, pretty, not impressive, <laughs> you can't win. Uh, uh, Tony sake! It, it, it's, it's like, oh, uh, wow, the, at, the Atlanta Falcons, you know, it's either it's not the Patriots winning the game. It's Atlanta Falcons doing stupid things.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, they suck. They sucked worse than I thought they were. And the guys spent, unfortunately, I did listen to the show while I was out getting coffee. And um, I will say he was betting the uh, – he was betting the points and the Falcons in that game, saying it was the perfect trap game. And then they got into debate what a, what a trap game was and said, a trap game isn't something that you lose. It's something that you should easily win. But if you do lose, then it's a letdown game. So everything changes. So as soon as – last night, as soon as they were pulling it away – I said, watch this guy tweet out something to make up for it. And, of course, he says, well, they just gave up, just like he did during the Browns game. I don't know if people saw that tweet. But during the Browns game, he said,
3: well, they just gave up. That's what happened. It went from a trap game to a JV team in the in the snap of a finger. It's be more transparent. It's just, I honestly can't take anything that – I mean, 98.5. I mean, one of the, the new accounts that I'm loving is – uh, the New England uh, media pitch bot, which is basically <laughs> oh predicting God, Adam, I the, you know, whoever runs that account, like could, <gasps> I wish I could have thought of that because that's brilliant. I thought it was but you, dude, Shaq. I, I did. I I, did s- think it was I
4: swear to God, they are, he is hitting them so immediately before they actually tweet the takes.
2: Yeah,
4: that like like I have I almost have the feeling that they're seeing him say that and they're like, wow, that's a great way to.
3: Look that's a great out. article. <laughs> Let's <laughs> put it up. Yeah, the spindly arm one, is, they're basically programming Jones and Arkan at this point. So well done. Arkan. Don't get me started on Arkan. I, well, I get douche chills every time I hear that asshole's name.
2: Well, guys. Um, this is
3: Arkan. <laughs> this
2: is Arkan. <laughs> well, well, guys, um, this is our first email segment. And wouldn't you know, we have a whole bunch of emails from none other than Minnie J. Jace. <laughs> and Love to see it. And uh, I, I'm not sure if we'll get to all of them, but let me see if I can get to a couple. Well, he says, first of all, I don't have a question about Atlanta regarding the team. I think they're a solid squad. So my question is, what changes for the franchise if they manage to defeat the Patriots in Super Bowl 51? Mm, hmm. Maybe they keep their owners. I don't know.
4: Matt well, Ryan. I think I think they have a huge Super Bowl hangover if they if they manage to beat the Patriots, and then they just like revert
1: back to their regularly scheduled programming.
4: And Matt Ryan has a
3: gold plated fork sticking out of his back rather than the platinum one he currently sports.
1: There, there are two things that actually change. One is their number of Super Bowl titles, and two is that they cannot. Under any circumstances, trade Julio Jones. They do not get the draft assets for him. He becomes a legend in that area. They will not trade him, and they're in a worse position this year.
3: Great point.
1: Then they would be long-term because they cannot unload Super Bowl legend Julio Jones.
3: Bill, this is why you'll never make it in, in Boston media. You're actually knowledgeable and talking talking things that make sense.
5: And let's yeah, say you know, also for the from played. the Patriots from the Patriots perspective, I don't think anything changes except they don't win that Super Bowl. They may win the next Super Bowl. I I actually think, you know, everything is inevitable if if that's destiny. But, like, I I do think the dynamic of the Patriots changes in terms of how they think of personnel. If they lose that Super Bowl, knowing how Bill thinks, they get more motivated for the next season. And I don't think they let that defense become so pedestrian as it was by the time they got to the Eagles Super Bowl. And and, and I think – I think they make more moves. So that's the way the Patriots operate is when, when they lose, they get more motivated to come back. So in, in terms of what happens with the Patriots, I don't think that changes. It's just We just threw the Falcons a, a charity Super Bowl. So
3: I don't I, think anyone does a better job than the Patriots than at self-scouting themselves. And look, look what they did. After the year, they got gashed by Nick goddamn Foles in that Super Bowl. And the past defense was rough, admittedly rough. They struggled against Bortles a little bit in the AFC title game. They went out and had the arguably the best defense in football in 2018 and 2019. Self scouting filled the holes and did a good job. They had the reset year in 2020, and every place where they were lacking in the COVID year is now a strength for them. The, Adrian Phillips doesn't have to play in the box. Adrian Phillips can just make plays, and, and they they got gashed by the run last year. It's, it was so frustrating watching a team that couldn't get off the field, they're getting off the field now. They're setting the edge. Uh, Cody Davis was was filling the boxes the, on the, one of the classic Matt Ryan third downs. The, the lineman covered the center and the two guards, and they dominate the line of scrimmage, and then the extra guys in the box make the play. It's complimentary football, and they're just, they're so well coached, and again, say the pieces fit more, but the, it's, it's a Lego set. Yeah, it's awesome the
2: way things are coming together, and I'm not sure what changes, but um, then Vinny says another random question. Are you superstitious when it comes to sports? I believe I am. Last time I emailed an entitled town account was before the Dolphins beat the Patriots in the final game of the twenty nineteen season. Mentally, I blame myself for that.
3: Um, I am so very. Maybe he's super- not superstitious, but he's a slight bit stitious Is what you're saying? <laughs> I would say so. Uh, but yes, I, I'm. I'm very superstitious.
2: Uh, I need. I need a. Uh, I'm very superstitious. I need to watch the game by myself with no noise, no nobody bothering me. I need to be totally focused on the game. And obviously that doesn't help me now that I'm working on Sundays, but I, I always have to have a singular focus and that's to the game. So I can't have anybody else bothering me. What, what about you guys?
1: Yeah. I'll, my, I will put a shout out to all of the women in my life who love football. My mother and sister are two of the most superstitious football watchers in the world my sister spent most of the falcons comeback sitting on the floor of our kitchen because she had they had scored a touchdown while she was in the kitchen and she had to stay there she didn't watch the rest of the game she hit there i changed shirts about three times my wife who had red zone before we met shout out to my wife full vouch for my wife surprise (laughs) but she is equally superstitious to me on a lot of these things and will you know change shirts will work with the mojo with me you know like we do those things for big games i don't do it as much for regular season but playoffs all of that superstitious stuff really kicks up and I'm you know looking forward to the Patriots making the playoffs so that we can you know be anxious and nervous and need seven shirts to change into
3: (laughs) good point I had this is a thousand years ago but when Vinatieri made the long kick in the snow game to tie the game against the Raiders my then girlfriend was in the bathroom so when they lined up the game winner in, in 36 we locked her in the goddamn bathroom just saying just saying love to see it that's awesome. In related news, the, extra- the restraining order did expire six months after <laughs> that. And it came off my record. <laughs> uh, well, have, yeah, well, yeah, well, Steve, what's
4: your superstition? Um, okay, so I have a lot. Um, so first off, for the Patriots games, I have to make uh, food of the opposing city, like something that they eat over in that region. What do you do for I buffalo? To, just yeah. eat shit. It's usually just buffalo wings because I got nothing else. Pieces of table. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, buffalo coated dildos. Yeah. I, I, Atlanta was chili dogs. That was a little, a little lame. Not bad though. You know, <laughs> with, like, with a shirt. side of natty ice. <laughs> that's a non-alcoholic there for me. Um, but I also I have to be sitting. In the same seat at the start of every game that I always watched in uh, with the sound on in the other room and not the sound on the room that I'm watching it in. Um, but at times, with at times the Patriots, like last year, they played better when I was outside. I watched the entire game against the Ravens, which you guys remember was a monsoon. I watched that entire thing outside. Um then there's also the penguin that I brought to games for like ten years, for good luck. Is, is this a, is this a stuffed penguin or a real penguin? No, it's a plastic penguin.
1: Oh, okay. We, we needed to know if it was a Mister Popper situation, now.
4: right? If this was like a Happy Feet
2: type
0: of thing. It's like oh, an no, Adam yeah, Sandler
5: yeah. Happy Gilmore, not Happy Gilmore, <laughs> Billy Madison um, type penguin that isn't really there.
0: <laughs> no,
4: no, it's I, I'll. I'll have to send you guys pictures of this. Um, this is going to turn into a next week's episode. Um, <laughs> I, we, have a, we have a plastic penguin that we brought to the games from 01 to 08 when Matt Castle was playing. Um, they didn't lose a single game that Pete was in the stadium. It started at the Snowball, the Raiders game. You say Pete? Um, Pete the Penguin, yes. Okay. Um, he went to the two back-to-back Super Bowls, 3 and 0 um, He's and he, we ended up getting a pass in, like, oh six, 6 um, signed by Bob Craft and the head of security, um, uh, a lifetime pass for Pete the Penguin to enter the stadium with my family.
5: Why are you talking about him in past, past tense? Is he still around?
4: When- we, we, we retired him after they lost a game that <laughs> he was in the stadium. Um, uh, we pulled him out the fourth quarter and he watched the fourth quarter of the Seattle Super Bowl with us, and he watched the second half of the Atlanta Super Bowl with us. And then we we retired him in the garage. We figured he he had done enough for the team and he had done enough for New England.
1: Now, now did Spike King tell you that he was retired because then he's probably still going to games?
4: I, no, no, I, I know he's retired because we we have we have him in, in in the garage and beyond glass. there's a whole plaque and everything. I know this sounds crazy. Break in case of emergency type of thing. It sounds like
2: (laughs) might need (laughs) that for an emergency. All right. uh, I'll say Vinny's other question for next time, but I'll I'll just, I'll just,
4: I'll just
5: add
2: real quick in terms of superstition.
5: I've never been that superstitious, but um, when I used to watch games with my dad, my dad lives in South Carolina now, so I don't, I don't watch games with my dad anymore, but When we used to watch games together, especially when I was a teenager, and that was the beginning of the Brady era, the way that I would convince myself that the Patriots could win games, especially playoffs, was betting against my dad, even though I had, like, no money. It was just, like, what I got from my part-time job. And I used to bet money against my dad. And he was always – and I told Shaq this and and Bill that my dad's the most negative Pats fan in the world. My dad is Pats Twitter. Anytime anyone says, oh, well, how good is this, this team really? How good are they really? They could be seven they could be seven and eight soon after the next four games. That's my dad. That's exactly him. So I used to bet money against him to, to make myself be more invested in, like, now we have to win. Now, now we have to win. And that whole first Super Bowl run, we did double or nothing the whole time, all the way through the final. Because in the Raiders game, he didn't think he was going to make the kick. And I was like, I'll bet you 50 bucks right now. So we did double or nothing all the way through the Super Bowl. You know what my dad did instead of paying me? He bought the Mike Tyson pay-per-view fight against Lennox Lewis as my reward, which lasted 30 seconds.
3: He Antonio <laughs> Browned you. He didn't pay up. Oh, <laughs> Give
5: no. I'll never – and every time we talk about like paying up, paying dues, like you bought that as a cop-out because you just wanted to see it and then it sucked. So <laughs> – I'm not superstitious anymore. I just, I just, you know, and I used to do like, Oh, if I wear this shirt, you know, this matters. It doesn't, it's, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And, you know, you hope for like we were saying earlier today, expect, expect the worst, hope for the best. That's it.
2: That's pretty good. I, I, I mean, I think superstitions are cool. I think that's what makes sports fun. I mean, you know, unless you don't like having fun. And, you know, in which case, why are you listening to this? Um, uh, the last or question. just go root yeah, for the Jets. Exactly. Go, go, go root for some slapdick team that nobody likes. Um, uh, Vinny's last question. I'll save the other one for next week. Um, how has the return of Trent Brown affected the offensive line? Well, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, what's your greater. yeah? What's your overall opinions on the line in general and how Isaiah Wynn is, in particular has played? I'm asking about Wynn specifically because he's caught some slander during the offseason. I uh, I think you guys will agree with me. I think Wynn has been awesome. Um, you know, there's been plays. I think the that entire line, you know, especially with Trent Brown's return, has been nothing short of unbelievable. They're good no, and they're no, deep.
5: No, Big Jim Murray said the fat, broken <laughs> kid from Georgia. So that's what he is. He is Murray is. from Georgia? Yeah, actually, I think he did radio there for a bit. It, well well, I know well that, we know but well, we
2: know we know uh crash crash Clark is in Georgia now. So you know they have what they Zolinks. have that connection. Zoinks. Yeah.
1: I mean I think the other piece of you know Isaiah Wynn's emergence and continued improved play over time because he had he's developed as any young player will. But I think the other piece is that it's allowed Bill Belichick to essentially invent a new position on the offensive line. This like this like edge lineman that he's putting out there with on you It's a really unique play with a player who has a lot of versatility. So once again, Belichick using players at a position of depth, effectively transitioning in and out. You see it on the defense with Phillips, Duggar, McCourty, et etc. And now you're seeing it on the offensive line with Brown, Win, and Wayne you
2: Yeah, I think that, that pretty much sums it up. So, yeah, that's our email entitled weekend at gmail.com, entitled weekend at gmail.com. You can, <laughs> and Vinny, you can keep sending emails. And um, He also DM'd me, as so I appreciate the DM about the show. Um, big fan of, of both shows. We appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into final thoughts because we can go on for, for hours, but uh, we don't have the
3: bandwidth. So, uh, I'm going to start out with Mike. Uh, well, My name is Mike Irons, and my pronouns are honk and bobo. Um, (laughs) Alex Guerrero is no longer our problem. And to that, I say, (laughs) I made the joke on Twitter that Mopey Tommy is going to need a fresh coat of lacquer on on his hair plugs um, with all the gray hair he's going to need to cover up with this Antonio Brown, Alex Guerrero, and the Encyclopedia Brown in the forged vaccination card. So Guerrero and Mopey Tommy aren't our problem anymore. Um, man, it's just, it's, it, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying the season. It's, it's really been great, but I touched on this a little bit earlier. Thornton was a guest on entitled town. Now, he was an early guest on entitled town, when, you know appearing with the most reviled sports writer who was willing to call bullshit in the press box and some random asshole like me Thornton came on and, and I'm a little bit remiss and I'll feel a little bit bad about doing this, but what the hell are you doing? Jerry? you having on Volan. You're having on the fake Spike King. It's it's really spreading misinformation. Wasn't Barstool at one time a rogue outfit that spoke truth to power? You had Portnoy pissing his shoes a couple of weeks ago We didn't like a couple of play calls. And Thornton is a shoe pisser on the regular. I think Weymouth, the flooding, there's flood watches in Weymouth every time coincide with Patriots near where Thornton lives. But having on uh, the fake Spike King and Volan is... You know, it's like take a, take a lap and then take 10. You know, Barstool is the establishment now. The fact that they're, I can't believe that they're going hand in hand with the Boston fucking globe and the lowest rent of season Pat's Twitter. It's really disappointing. He can, he can, and I hope he will do better moving forward. Rant over. <laughs> that, that's perfectly well said. Uh,
2: Steve, uh, before I, I, yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah. What, what do you have to say?
4: Well, for one, I completely. Completely agree with Mike. First of all, I don't know what happened to Jerry Thornton specifically at Barstool. Um, he he was he was that Patriots guy that was against the grain, and he was
0: he was Defend the wall.
4: The yep defender of the wall. Yeah, no, you're he, now he's a clown. I don't I don't know what the hell happened there. That, that's what it's just happened. pandering. It's
3: pandering at this exactly. point. Exactly, he's, he's defending the wall by
4: urinating on it. Yeah. Um, my final my final thoughts. You mean tell people where they can find me? Is that? Uh, well, if- I'll do that. But if you want no. to, go ahead.
0: Because no, no, <laughs> right, you have your.
4: Well, like, For those of you who don't know,
2: uh, the general has you know all the business, so you know he's he's big, t- big time in all of us.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We have, I, I, I I do a, You can check out my own show. Uh, Sunday, 11 a.m. Um, I'm alive on Twitter on the Blue Call Media Group channels. Uh. A given pitch for all the games, if anyone cares. (laughs) Yeah, I was on the show a couple
2: weeks ago and I had a lot of fun. So it's pretty cool. All right. So, uh, Bill, how about you?
1: So, I feel like I want to use this time to come clean about my credentials as a host on Entitled (laughs) Weekend. I am not a D3 coach, and therefore, I am unable to make any opinion that is relevant to anyone. Um, For those that aren't, you know, in tune with Twitter, we had a large interaction where somebody was saying that the defense was terrible for the Patriots and that they should have paid Matt, they shouldn't have paid Matt Judon and instead should have paid for improving the terrible secondary while the secondary has more interceptions than touchdowns allowed on the season. Um, And so their excuse was, I played at the Hall of Fame stadium in a D3 school. And you know what? I, I can't match that. I, I don't have the credentials of a D3 athlete walk-on at a football team, and I'm just not going to ever match that. So I hope that you will all still have me on and listen to me occasionally, but I, ha- I I just had to get that off my chest that I did not want to falsely represent myself as knowing anything since I did not play D3 football.
0: Well,
2: I, I won't hold that against you yet, but... You know, we're going to have to do, do some research on the resume there.
1: It's worth knowing. Yeah, I, I appreciate you all respecting my truth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dan, how about you? What are your final thoughts?
5: Well, Bill said it all. I mean, that guy was a douche. Um, but what I want to talk about is Brian Phillips had a tweet. Um, oh, no. I don't know. Two, two weeks ago that. We don't, we don't,
2: we don't, we don't, sorry. We don't deal with, with, with around here at the, the title podcast network.
5: No, no, no. Yeah, I know he's a jackass, <laughs> but I need to talk about him. This guy defended Cam Newton literally until he was just recently released this past off season. But um, <laughs> this guy says, you guys can't handle the conversation about Jacoby Myers. What the fuck does that mean, man? Like, are you watching the game? Like, the guy is a security blanket. He's still there. He's still catching the ball. He's still a fantastic wide receiver that yeah. was undrafted, undrafted free agent. And you have the balls to say we really shouldn't think about him as a top wide receiver on our team. I mean, first of all, you guys complain about Nelly Ags not being a number uh, – a wide receiver one, as they put it. Got to be a wide receiver. One, not it's not a thing. Two. it's not a thing. It's not a thing. I'm having the Clavin shakes is, here, Dan. I'm sorry. It's 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 like we got into this thing on Twitter about the contract. Oh, you know all these all these kids, especially kids. It's like teenagers talking about the contracts. Oh, they're overpaid. Like today, it was Chow was overpaid. Godchow's overpaid. He's the thirty second cap hit for d tackles right now and he's doing exactly what you needed him to do because of what you had last season like everyone complained you can't stop the run then they get a guy who contributes to stopping the run yeah it's not your money so who the fuck cares like jesus christ people and now the 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 now enemy number one now who who do you guess is enemy number one under the free agents on his contract right now Aguilar. joe new joe new smith Oh, because right, right. they don't know how to use him. They're not using him correctly, according to the Twitter GMs and coaches. Because they know how to use him. They've done it in Madden. It's it's X, Y, <laughs> it's A B. You know, all the hot route, hot route, and slant, you know, backfield, all that shit. They know it. And Josh doesn't, and Bill doesn't. And we just need people to connect to those two to tell them how to use Joe New, even though. It sounds like he's okay with blocking, but all the fans need to see at least 100 yards a game. So
3: the that's spal- all I'll say. The spulpits are stat-humping ninnies. Disregard and move on. That would be my advice. But, Mike,
5: the, the, the thing about that is funny,
3: is you're, you're stat-humping idiots,
5: and yet you glorified Cam Newton last year. What the fuck is that? Like
1: That logic is is bent sideways like because he f- had stat he had stats in 2015. Yeah, so Cam goes, oh, yeah, won them their fantasy
3: again. league right. in 2015. Yep. That's exactly mm-hmm. Bill great minds.
5: Great yep. minds. Yeah. Yeah, and Cam threw the ball at the ground because of COVID. It was COVID in his system. It said one of the effects of having COVID months later is throwing the ball at the ground. That's
1: exactly what happened. I mean, I'm just going to say Shaq, I don't want to step on any toes during last thoughts here, but I mean, all this talk about all going down to, you know, what, the third or fourth best defensive lineman on our team, maybe fifth, arguably, yeah. to say they're overpaid. All the talk about Janu Smith, the second tight end on the team, not being used appropriately. The Pats are back, baby. 1,000%. <laughs> 1,
3: 1000 And just And just
5: like I said before about the draft, the free agency, casting a wide net, whatever you end up with is the final product, and we're there. And we're, we're not there, really, but we're, we're back. And this team's only going to build. So fuck the meat of the schedule that's coming up. All you fucking piss pant, You know, all these people peeing their pants. We got swimmers ear from all the piss on Twitter right now.
3: I feel, like a, I feel like I've been a really bad influence on Dan and Bill because they're, they're letting in the Cosmo, Cosmo Creameries. <laughs> they're letting the expletives fly. <laughs> At least we no, already I, have. We
2: already have the mark already. So I think, you know, what it is, is heck, like,
3: you. <laughs> on these pods, you
5: sit, you sit in this, and you saturate in it, and then eventually the brine gets to you, and you're ready to go by the end of the. This is the problem. I'm, I'm see, but see, we're the
2: weekend pod. We have much longer to wait. On on entitled yeah. town, they only have about a couple of days. So <laughs> this is a lot of, of swearing we have to yeah. get rid of. Really, I'm improv-
3: confident yeah. this is the only Patriots podcast that will mention brine and during this week. So well played.
2: <laughs> okay, but it's time for my final thought, and Mike. Please don't get the Clavin shakes because I'm going to. I think I'm. I think you're gonna like like what I'm going to say here. Who who the hell told people to bring back Drew Bledsoe from the grave and start talking about him? Please stop it, okay? You know, because you know people forget that he played in the old 2001 AFC Championship game when when Brady got hurt. You know, people forget that. Nobody nobody really knows that, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, everybody knows that, you dumbass, whoever said that on Twitter. I mean, th- look, we all know what Bledsoe did, okay? But please don't take one touchdown pass that looked so sexy from David Patton, may he rest in power, and take that and make it seem like Drew Bledsoe was this unbelievable quarterback who, you know, who deserves better, apparently. No, he doesn't deserve better. He deserves to sit down and drink his wine, okay? He's, he's, he's fine where he is, okay? He got beat out by the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I don't know about you, but I feel great about that. So please stop it with this revisionist history and this gaslighting talking about Drew Bledsoe. Please leave it alone. I'm tired of it.
3: Shaq, you're sucking up to me, and I got to say, I don't hate it. I don't <laughs> hate it. It's enough for me. I have to live, a, I live in the same state as him, and I play a golf course adjacent to his winery, and I have to take Benadryl because I break out in the hives being close to the turnover winery in West in Eastern Washington. Uh,
2: Yeah. And and, and my final, final thought is Julian Edelman. He's been retired for how long of almost a year. And he's on inside the NFL on Paramount plus right now, leave the guy alone. Okay. His knee is shredded cheese. He doesn't need to play anymore. Yeah. Apparently I guess he's coming back because Dion branch went on an interview And 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 was uh, in Texas and was talking about, oh, well, he misses the game. I'm sure he does miss the game. But guess what? He doesn't have to play the game and he still gets paid to talk about it. So why don't we why don't we have consideration for athletes? Is is, is that what it is? Like he gives you 10 great years of of, of enjoyment and entertainment. And you want him to just walk onto the football field. This Patriots team is fine the way it is. Leave Julian Edelman alone. He
5: retired to come back in December. That's exactly when you want to come back as a player into a system. You don't know the plays and it's super cold. That's the perfect time to come back on a bad knee.
2: Yep. Yeah. I I just, I just can't with with Pat's fans these days. I mean, I mean, I, I, I am one, but I don't, I don't want to be a part of that group.
1: They think these athletes are the giving tree and they will not rest until they're a stump. They will not rest until they're stump. I mean, again, probably only podcast mentioning Brian and mentioning the giving tree, but I'm going to go. But that's the right move here. It's they will not relent until there is nothing left, left but a stump of Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, all these players. And some of them come back because they have Stumpy the- Brian.
3: <laughs> Stumpy Brian. Well, well, well. <laughs> Well, well, guys,
2: I, I feel like it's, it's been an hour and I feel like it's been three. You guys are awesome. And uh, hope you, hopefully you all can come back and hope you guys listening can come back too because this is great. Um, it feels like the Weekend Podcast is further away. So maybe maybe we give you more just, just because of that fact. So again, the email address is entitledweekend at gmail.com. You can find our the godfather of the Entitled, net, entitled Podcast Network Mike Irons at Ironhead334. You can find Bill at the Fib 0624 on Twitter. You can find Dan at JudonSack You can find Steve at Rezner or Reisner underscore Steven. And of course, he's at uh blue, blue collar media. So you can go follow him there. And I am at Atomic Dog5150. So until next week,
3: later turn slugs. off your radio.
2: And later slugs.